Hello, Asalaamu Alaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And I'm back, even though I really don't want to, because seriously, every single thing that we had already said was going to happen is happening. I mean, you know, as I told you, expect more and more weird incidents and street crimes and expect more allegedly heroic efforts from the army or, you know, the uh, law enforcement agencies. Anything, anything that would induce, um, you know, subjugation of the public one way or the other, if not through fear, then through psychological engineering or manipulation, um, you know, to cover up what's actually going on as if it could ever be covered up. And simply just to, you know, make way for total control, in other words, dictatorship. And one such incident is the farce, I'm sorry, but an absolute farce of an incident where even the BBC, either the BBC is part of it all, you know, where they have been told by their government that they need to cover this in order to, you know, uh, make way for the illegal government to be accepted worldwide, even though it's not. But, um, you know, the fact that BBC even covered it is proof. It's absolute proof of my point the, that, I mean, can, can you imagine? Imagine that for two to three years, um, calligraphic um, clothings and shawls and scarves and dupattas and stoles, they've been trending in Pakistan, right? And because, uh, and in other countries too, I guess. Um, but mainly it's, it started up from Pakistan and it's trending in Pakistan. So after two years, suddenly the crowd has become ignorant. And after two years, suddenly the crowd decides that it has become a religious issue for some woman to wear a, a calligraphic shirt. Seriously? And oh, miraculously, the ASP, Shehrbano, comes to her rescue, you know? And, and look at the headlines. She saves her life. Like, seriously? I mean, how many times are people actually going to fall for this? How many times are people going to fall for this BS, this farce, this drama? You know, in our language, we call it topi drama. You know, this farce of a situation that has been created by so obviously the establishment where suddenly they decide to provoke somebody in the crowd and the crowd is not even your normal crowd. You can see that these are people who have been put there in order to create the situation, to create this. For two years, nobody thought about it being a religious issue. But all of a sudden, after two years, our people decided to regress in their awareness and regress in their education and regress in their, you know, mentality or their men in their in their psycho psychological factors that suddenly you know they decide that oh they have to take an issue with a woman wearing a calligraphic dress oh please seriously who the hell are you fooling and you know what if you have managed to fool those people they deserve to be fooled this has been my principle in life that if you can fool somebody right i mean fool me once shame on me uh, shame on you Fool me twice, shame on me. So seriously, shame on you, all of you who are getting fooled over and over again, right? And even more shame on you if you think that you can keep on fooling us again and again. 
I mean, seriously? Okay, forget that. I mean, look at look at the. I mean, remember that this is all taking place so that they should divert your attention from what exactly is going on, which is which is the point that I'm coming to. As I said, forget that, because the main problem here is that an incomplete assembly, an incomplete assembly has called for an ijlas. Ijlas is you know the meeting. They've called for the meeting which the president of Pakistan refused and rejected. And it is his prerogative. He's the one who's supposed to call for the ijlas. And he refused to do so because it's unconstitutional and it's illegal. But hey, has anybody ever done anything legal or constitutional? For the past two years, the PDM have been ripping the constitution to shreds. They have been illegally putting reforms that actually go against the very constitution of Pakistan. Remember something that I've been saying for a very, very long time ago. Pakistan is not a sovereign state. India is not a sovereign state. None of the colonies of the United Kingdom were ever sovereign states. That is the first thing that the United Kingdom did or the British did is that they just, you know, put the burden over to their biggest colony, America. They shifted the whole burden to America and they said, okay, now you need to start taking care of all our colonies and you need to start making sure that we still retain control over them. This is why they still have control over their so-called allies. As I've said again and again, America does not have allies. These are all their slaves, their servants. These are all those countries from whom the British have stolen, from whom the Europeans have stolen. And, you know, from, from social to religious to constitutional to uh, legal system, right? All the way down to resources. Everything that America and Europe have are stolen. Keep that in mind, okay? It's all stolen. Now... Again, back to where we are. Here is the Punjab Assembly where, you know, um, 313 um, members are sworn in, including Maryam Nawaz. And one wonders that Maryam, these are all those people who actually, you know, lost. They lost in the elections. Many veteran, senior veteran politicians of Nawashi's party um, blatantly refused to be gifted their seats and positions. They're like, you don't want us, I mean, are you telling us to commit political suicide? We're never going to do that, right? So they, and, and you know, Javed Latif, who's supposed to be the right-hand man of Nawaz Sharif, who's supposed to be his official, unofficial spokesperson, actually. So it's said that whatever he says is basically what Nawaz Sharif is, is, cannot say himself, but wants to be said. And that person on the mainstream media, on the mainstream media, he, he accepts the fact that yes, there was this massive rigging and yes, none of these people who are taking oath are even supposed to be taking oath because they are all fake ministers. They they didn't even, you know they don't even have their form forty five. It can be challenged any time. But who's following the law? Who's following the constitution? Here we have it. We have these people standing there taking oath. And you know the worst part about Maryam Nawaz is, as we know, she and her father have been mimicking and copying Imran Khan in every single thing. They've stolen his projects. They've stolen his ideas. They've stolen his schemes. And here's the latest promise that she's making, that they are going to go door to door to provide, um, you know, Ramzan packages to the poor, 
Hello, this was a system again that was started by Imran Khan in order to reduce, um, you know, because as far as the PDM is concerned, as far as Nawaz Sharif and Zardari and all, they have always been humiliating the public, making them stand in lines for something as small as even a packet of sugar. And it was Imran Khan who just decided that, okay, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're also going, we're going to find out those people who are not even in the condition to come out of their homes. We're going to find those people who barely make ends, uh, make, uh, you know, uh, ends meet. And, but they're not going out. They're not looking for, um, you know, government rations. They're not looking for free meals and whatever so during Ramzan especially you know there was a whole mapping out of uh, the people and you know basically the whole ration and stuff all the necessities were sent to their doorstep okay by the PTI workers I know that for a fact because everybody wasn't because remember PTI is the largest party of Pakistan for a reason because the population the mass the people themselves are members of the PTI we are all members of the PTI and we were part of all of this uh the this whole um you know Ramzan package thing so yeah the public is aware of the fact that this was a scheme that was started by Imran Khan and here we have Maryam Nawaz promising to start the scheme. You're not starting anything. You're just taking something that was already done and you're making it yours as always. And not to mention the fact that I know for a fact that you will still not do it. You're saying you will do it, but you will never do it. Why? Because Nawaz Sharif's party, like Shabash Sharif, Nawaz Sharif, they're famous for this thing that just for photo shoots, um, they've given people money. And then as soon as the cameras turned off, they take the money back from the people. So we've seen that happen years in and years out. Okay. So she's talking about women empowerment. And yet she is the same woman who ordered the law enforcement agencies to sexually assault, to threaten, to verbally abuse, to physically abuse women of all ages. Okay, these past two years, she is the woman who ordered the humiliation or attempted humiliation and the threat and the blackmail of all other women. Keep that in mind, okay, before you start smoking your cigar on women empowerment. Okay, you are actually the very opposite of women empowerment. Seeing you there is in any, if anything, it's just a, a humiliation for all the women who are empowered. Okay, for example, okay, if you're so much into women empowerment, what about the women who have reserved seats in Punjab Assembly? Why aren't they there? Why haven't you let them take oath and sit in their seats? What about the minority seats? So without minority seats, without the women's seats, without these reserved seats, you are actually beginning an ijlas, seriously. And this is the reason why the president refused to call for an ijlas because he's like, first complete your assembly. Your assembly is not complete. So you have 99 MPAs who lost the elections and they decided, oh, we're just going to take oath anyway. We're going to create our own uh, chief minister, that is Maryam Nawaz, and we're going to start our own assembly, right? And so at the end of the day, uh, look at Saptan, you know, Saptan, the a-hole, who as the, as the speaker assembly, just before he leaves, what he does is that he he hurriedly, you know, uh, takes the oath of 313 uh, MPAs in Punjab Assembly in the inaugural session. Again, why? Why even, you know? And then after that, you know, now the speaker of now the the the, the speaker of Punjab Assembly, uh, he is saying that um, that they will, 
you know, they will do the ijlas on the 29th of February, regardless of everything. Seriously, the president just said you cannot do it until you have all your seats complete. And the speaker thinks that he is more powerful than the president, that he can override his decision, he can override his rejection. And in fact, look at the the thuggery, look at the thuggery here, that they're now thinking that they actually have the gall to threaten the president. And they're saying that now they will create a case against the president so that they can put him in jail too. If this does not scream preparation for dictatorship, I don't know what does, okay? Let me again, first of all, explain to you that the total number of seats of the Punjab Assembly are 371. You have 297 general seats, you have 66 seats reserved for women and 8 reserved for non-Muslims, okay? And we have a total of 313 MPAs. And we have zero MPAs in the 66 seats reserved for women, zero MPAs in the eight seats reserved for non-Muslims, okay? Keep, take that into account and then understand why the president refused to call an ijlas of the Punjab Assembly, okay? Now, again, keep in mind that the KPK Assembly, they're trying to cripple it as much as they can because that is the one place where they cannot do what they want to do because the overwhelming majority of the PTI, which was also in the Punjab Assembly actually, but the fact that the PTI has 100% of the KPK's seats, you know, that is what is, you know, proving to be a problem for them. And then we have Bilawal Bhutto, who now is, you know, he's he at first he was trying his level best that he should de make a deal with PTI. Obviously, PTI would never make a deal with that a-hole. He was part of the PDM. And now he's crying alligator tears. And at one point, he's, you know, he's crying alligator tears. And at the other point, he's going on making deals with the current establishment as always. Okay? So we have these things going on here. You tell me. What exactly are we supposed to think? What exactly is the world, you know, I mean, you think that the world is laughing at them. They think the world is laughing with them. Why? Because ultimately the world is also pretty much useless. As we can see where Kashmir is concerned, where Palestine is concerned, they're all standing in their own safe, within their own safety nets while screaming, oh, stop that, oh, stop that, oh, stop that. What are you doing? And they're doing the same with, with Pakistan, you know. At the end of the day, the dawn of the global mafia, America, you know, he, he, they, America's controlling it all. America's controlling everything that's going on. Remember, I've said this before, and now you can see the proof, the evidence of everything that I've been saying for a long time, that America and Europe are behind all the wars, all the conflicts, all the global level trafficking, especially drugs and human smuggling and trafficking, again, child pornography, it doesn't matter which country they are in. One way or the other, they get linked to America and Europe. Now imagine, imagine the whole chaos in the world is caused by America and the minions and the hounds that America has placed in different countries. So when it comes to IMF again, as I've said before, Imran Khan is actually doing us a favor you know, by even telling the IMF to stop any further funding. Why? Because first of all, remember, as long as we are kept under the IMF loan schemes, 
we will always be a slave again remember because the fact that um, that jinnah knew that pakistan was actually originally not supposed to be a sovereign state and the fact that he took that away from the british and he turned pakistan into a sovereign state and the fact that before he that before he could 100% complete that transition he was killed by again who the army personnel placed by the british before they left and that is what the army has continued to do it is what the army has continued to do every time a leader a politician stands up to in order to make pakistan 100% a sovereign state that leader is put down they've all been killed one by one and now imran khan is the only one who is left he is probably the last in line and i think finally the people have understood that and realized that and that is why the people have begun to make things difficult but again remember the people of pakistan are to blame why because you are over 2 billion you're over 2 billion and not even a single one of you has the guts to go and shoot them dead seriously remember indira gandhi remember how she was killed when she decided to go for the ethnic cleansing and genocide of the sikh community right so what the hell is i mean you're you're constantly bragging about our army about how huge it is how powerful it is and how this and how that and how many competitions they've won all over the world and this and that and yet not a single one not a single one could just go and shoot the chief of army staff in the head right between the eyes no not a single one could do a sting operation or an undercover operation and kill nawaz sharif and zardari and their families no nobody and you call yourself the army seriously you call yourself you know soldiers and you call yourself ghazis and sh- sh- shaheeds and all you've just humiliated all the ghazis and shaheeds that we had or we have okay you just humiliated them you just put them to shame right at the moment where we stand is the reason why despite the fact that every day there's a protest there's a nationwide protest there is a shutdown strike there's such as i said before remember i said before that when we will have the elections it will be like bangladesh and remember in bangladesh there were nationwide riots people were killed at the end hasina wajid is still there and suddenly america is so happy with it, with all it has done that it decided to call bangladesh you know the second largest democracy after hasina wajid became the dictator of bangladesh okay it really makes you think right on the concept of dictatorship is the same with india that is the reason why i keep calling india an idiot is because india thinks that oh you know america and and the british they're working and israel they're working with india in order to cripple pakistan and in order to cripple all the the you know neighboring countries of india all the rivals and they're handing everything over on a platter to india actually these are the very warning signs the fact that india has not earned a single thing it doesn't have a single thing to its name in merit every single thing has been handed down to them they couldn't even win a bloody cricket match seriously against pakistan that too had to be handed down to them you know so the fact that india is literally literally um enslaved without even the people knowing through these little things the fact that india was made a global market without 
any actual merit the fact that india became you know one of the most is becoming you know futuristically one of the most powerful countries again all of these are illusions these are all illusions created when india is actually suffering its people are suffering okay india is always almost every day on the verge of a on the verge of a collapse okay the fact that india right now does not even know except for maybe a few you know wide awake people that it too has transitioned into dictatorship under modi i mean modi is a is a mass murderer he's somebody who was directly responsible for the genocide in gujarat and then he becomes your prime minister and nobody is happy with him nobody in the parliament is happy with him nobody on the streets are happy with him he's a fanatic he created india into a fanatical society an extremist society where every day there are religious killings there are killings of minorities there are rapes there are assaults there and now the same pattern will i mean more or less the same pattern has begun in pakistan okay on a more subdued level compared to india right but still it has begun as you can see so tell me tell me that you cannot see what's going on here tell me that you just cannot see how all of our countries that were once developed rich countries encroached upon by the brits and the europeans you know and now reduced to colonies and post colonies where we still cannot even get back our actual sovereignty tell me that you cannot see that and tell me that even though we are billions and millions and trillions of people all over the world we cannot deal with a handful of those minions those hounds those traitors that these white assed people just submerged amongst us tell me that we are powerless this is me signing out khuda hafiz